Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Daily Spawn. I'm your host, Jace. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the three-issue Violator miniseries. So again, if you're looking for just the regular Spawn issues like we originally were planning on doing, I'm adding in a couple of the adjacent series. It's all credit to Blake Whitlow, who created a really awesome Spawn reading order. So I do want to get to the end of the regular Spawn series before the end of the year. So we're still going to do that. But when I started rolling in all this other stuff, I realized I was going to run out of days. You know, all of a sudden that 30-day cushion I had totally disappeared. So I'm going to get at least to issue 317, 318, somewhere around there. And we're going to cover Spawn Universe. Um, now, I may, be, I may do more than that because I may release some of this other material in the reading order on, a, on the same day that I release uh, a Spawn issue. So I'm never going to double up on Spawn issues. The Spawn episodes will always be just one episode of Spawn per one issue. But for a lot of this other stuff, like Violator, like the Youngblood tie-ins, like the Curse of the Spawn that I did yesterday, I'll cover multiples in the same issue because I don't feel like we don't have to go as in-depth. And that is the good thing about Spawn. I think at least as far as I've read the first 49 issues, you can read the main series and even the stuff that happens in other books you can kind of, through context, understand what's going on. Although there are really important things, as was shown by the Spawn Batman one-shot, where Spawn took a batarang right in the middle of his face, and that's why he has the shoelace. So, you know, things like that are important. These other series are referenced in the main Spawn title, so I still want to cover as much of that as possible. So, it's all going to be a matter of timing. Uh, I spent literally all day on Saturday, well, like six hours putting together a calendar to try to do this. So hopefully I'll be able to move a little faster than my calendar indicates and have a little bit of cushion like I thought I was going to have, but all up in the air. The biggest thing, like I said yesterday, is just going through and taking out the words uh, for a lot of these books because I don't want to get, you know, busted for copyright infringement or anything like that. And I don't want Todd to get mad at me because, well, he'll say, why does anybody ever need to go buy one of my Spawn comics if you're just putting them all on YouTube or whatever and you can read every word? So we don't want that either. You know, these books are amazing, uh, especially to see when you hold them in your own hands and you own the books and you can see the incredible art. Because that's one thing you can say about Spawn books. The art is incredible, you know, as indicated by the two books I covered yesterday, Curse of Spawn 23 and 24, Dwayne Turner pencils in one, Clayton Crane in the other. They were just unbelievable. Uh, and it's no exception to say in Violator, we have the first two issues are drawn by Bart Sears, who, you know, at the time this came out, I think it was 94, you know, that was in the middle of Brutes and Babes, his drawing column in Wizard Magazine that was immensely popular, teaching people how to uh, draw and do anatomy and whatnot. So he was a big name when these uh, these books came out. And then the third issue was drawn by Capullo. So again, you don't really need to read these, but they were referenced several times in the main Spawn book. Um, the good thing is they're pretty quick reads, and I'm going to cover them pretty quickly. So let me go ahead and share my screen and we'll do the credits. <laughs> so it's uh, number three. Let's jump over to number one. So as you can see, pretty cool cover you've got. And I mean, <laughs> for me, this cover is very nostalgic because uh, I had I bought this book off the rack way back when. And the cover always stuck with me because the violator and his clown persona or what have you is just such a 
that's such an iconic figure. Like in my mind, it's more recognizable even than him and his kind of demonic form. So, um, and it's got that cool little spawn balloon that he's holding. So as we flip to the first page, we see the credits story by Alan Moore. Alan Moore writes all three of these. As I said, Bart Sears on the pencils for the first two issues. Mark Pennington does the inks on all three. Uh, Tom Orzakowski is the letterer. Steve Olaf and Oli Optics do the colors. And one other thing that I'm going to mention real quick before. Uh, let me turn this off real fast. Um, before I get into the synopsis there's there's basically only two things that are important that that happen here and i'll i'll talk about the second one when it happens in the story uh but the other things to keep in mind is this is the first time we see all of the violators brothers like we've seen vindicator before and some others have been hinted at you know we know he's one of five uh we get all five named in this series so other than violator we have vindicator that's the one that's been mentioned before as i said um and then the other three are uh, vaporizer, vandalizer, and vacillator. So they all start with V, and they all wouldn't say they all look alike, but they all they're all demonic. Some of them have like insect-like eyes, like fly-looking eyes. A lot of them have the the spikes, the curb spikes coming out of their heads at various places. A lot of them have the spindly limbs, but we do get them all named in this series: violator, vindicator, vandalizer, vaporizer, and vacillator. So it's another uh, important thing for, for the story. Um, important to know, um, uh, just for, you know, knowledge of spawn, maybe not super important when it comes to, you know, the fate of the world or anything like that, but it is something that's this series should be, should be noted for. So it kicks off and all the brothers are watching the equivalent of TV, I guess you'd say cable TV in hell. And they're looking at, um, the world and, we're told based on the type of blood that affects the reception, which is kind of funny. Um, and they're talking about how Vindicator has embarrassed them by getting in trouble with the mob. Because remember, this happens early, early in the um, where it fits in in um, in the reading order. So it's uh, I think I want to say it's uh, it's it's right before um, is it issue. 21, I think, um, you know, that was the, the place we were at, uh, same place we were at yesterday when we were talking about the, uh, curse of the spawn. Let me just pull up the reading order here so I can, uh, tell you guys for sure where it fits in. Uh, yeah, actually it fits in right after the hunt. So the curse of spawn stuff ends at, um, right before issue 21. And then we've got, uh, after 24, Violator 1, 2, and 3, and then we pick up with Spawn 25 after that. So, uh, again, the Blake Whitlow reading order is very, very helpful. There's a link in the show notes to the Google Doc, so you can go and check it out for yourself. But anyway, back to the story. Uh, yeah, these guys are embarrassed that Vindicators pissed off the powers that be, uh, namely Malbolgia because of him messing with Vindicator, messing with the mom and whatnot. And we know he's, he's got no powers right now. He's stuck in his human form. And so his brothers are kind of, they're, they're not real happy with him. They say he's kind of an embarrassment and they think, man, maybe we should go take him out. And then of course, for comedic effect, they, they always ask Vacillator what he thinks. And he goes, you know, he'll say one thing and then he'll say the other, Hey, uh, it's him. Should we, 
should we take him out? Should we not? He's like, eh, maybe. So anyway, they're pretty embarrassed by him. And as they're watching, we see members of the mob that are about to throw uh, via a uh, the violator into the water and you notice he's wearing this, this, you know, classic mob cement boots. So right as he gets thrown in the water, he snaps out with his teeth and grabs one of the guy's ties. And as he's falling down, uh, he manages to free his hands. He pulls out the guy's gun. He shoots him. Then he uses the gun to break through the cement, blows a couple holes in the cement and escapes. And the, uh, the guys that are left on shore are kind of looking around going, where, where would he be? Well, if he washed up, he'd be on the sandbar and um, all of a sudden, he's the guy's there leaning against a fence, and they, they hear this voice coming from inside, like literally from in him, saying, hey, over here, can you help me out? I got this hole in the back of my head. And they're like, wait, what? And then we see a hand burst through, and it's actually just a dead body. The guy's you know, toast from taking that shot point blank from uh, from the clown, and he, he kills the other guys, and... Uh, the brothers are again watching this in hell and thinking, oh, that's definitely Vindicator. Um, but man, the, the picture's really going out. Um, it's getting all cloudy and they say, oh, it, we, we need more blood, uh, which is really gross because so apparently the blood coagulates and the picture starts going out. So um, Alan Moore getting pretty gross here. These demon-like creatures. So they go grab another one out of the cage and bleed it. Uh, free uh, so they can see better uh, and the compl- they're complaining about the fact that there's no remote. So it's a lot of tongue in cheek humor, maybe a little bit of, of its time. It's not necessarily laugh out loud, funny. Uh, meanwhile, in Vito Gravano's office, he's hiring this guy called the admonisher because the vindicator just took out, you know, two of his uh, or three of his main uh, most trusted lieutenants or what have you is his fixers. Uh, and so this guy walks in and leans on the desk and he's, he's like, okay, who do you want me to take out? And Vito Gravano is like, okay, well, Jake and Larry here. And the monitor blows him away. And he's like, uh, I was going to say Jake and Larry here are going to shut up the projector to show you. And he's like, Oh, Oh, sorry about that. So again, it's, it's pretty on the nose humor, but anyway, he does show this admonisher. Uh, they've, they've got uh, security footage of when he was in his vindicator form and he was taking the hearts out of the guys. They also see him in his clown form and he says, he's going to take him out. And the guy's like, okay, admonitor's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and take him out. No problem. And Vito Gorona's like, you might want to take it easy. Um, this guy, he, you know, he's, he's pretty powerful. Admonitor's not having any of it. Says he's going to handle it. No problem. Meanwhile, the guys, uh, all all the uh, other uh, Black brothers, I think that's what they're called, um, they're all watching in hell and, and commenting on how crystal clear, um, yeah, Flabiac brothers, uh, they're remarking on how crystal clear the reception is. Oh, well, it's this, this particular person was AB. So AB makes the best uh, reception, apparently, when you're viewing through <laughs> through blood from hell. So meanwhile... Uh, the violator's walking through a mall. He's got the guy's head stuck on his arm. So again, not, you know, not for the faint of heart, definitely for mature readers. And apparently he went to the mall looking for a hacksaw to, to um, cut this guy's head off his arm when all of a sudden the admonisher attacks and um, kind of living up to his name where that name comes from, the admonisher. He, that's what he does to people as he's attempting to kill them. I'm here to give you a darn good telling off, you know, so in addition to killing you, I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, your, 
you're not a very good assassin or or whatever you know he's going to uh, admonish so again the violator has no powers he's stuck in human form so of course he tries to to run away he's not going to be able to take this guy out so he's just trying to get away he doesn't even know where this guy has come from or why he's after him meanwhile um the uh, the brothers in hell are trying to decide well wait we don't want one of the Flabeic uh, brothers to be taken out by a mere mortal, that's going to make us all look bad. We already look bad enough to Malbolgia because of Vindicator not following orders, and maybe we should go take him out ourselves. But they can't decide. You know, Vacillator's like, uh, I don't know if we should or we shouldn't. And so they end up getting another one of the humans out of the, the cage, and they basically do like a wishbone thing. One guy grabs the feet, one guy grabs the head. They pull them apart, and what's decided is they're going to go ahead and go and take out uh, the Violator themselves. So, meanwhile, he's still being attacked by the Admonisher, who's given him an old-fashioned tongue lashing, blah, blah, blah. And as Vindicator's trying to run away, all of a sudden he notices that everything is becoming more hell-like. Um, and he's like, wait, I don't have my powers. Why would it be getting hot and sulfurous in here? The fountain water is boiling away and it smells like brimstone and uh, paints blistering and whatnot. And sure enough, when he turns around, there's all his brothers. That's how the first issue ends with all his brothers there saying, hey, it's your own flesh and blood. You know, can you give us a hug? So second issue, again, drawn by Bart Sears, as I mentioned, uh, Alan Moore still on stories, Pennington on Eeks, Tom Marzikoff letters, Steve Olaf colors. And it picks up right where the first issue left off with uh, the Vindicator stuck in his human form and all his brothers saying, yeah, we're, we're going to take you out because you're an embarrassment. And uh, the Vindicator's like, what do you mean? I'm, you know, I'm one of you. Why would you guys want to want to take me out? And they're like, come on, buddy, you know, you've screwed up and real men don't wear flesh and we're tired of you being uh, an embarrassment to the family. So just as they're about to uh, take him out and they, you know, they're giving him back. Vindicator's the oldest one. He's the older brother. So he picked on all these guys and they're reminding him of that. You know, it's time to get payback because he's stuck in the human form. He doesn't have his powers and he always lorded it over them. And, you know, talking about kickball games and whatnot. And he's, Vindicator's like, I don't remember that. And he's like, oh, let me jog your memory. And he guy kicks him across the the mall. So Meanwhile, some of the other brothers are going after the uh, the admonisher. Um, a third brother is putting a dome over the uh, entire area that the mall is in so that they uh, they won't be disturbed. And there's a few other people that get trapped in it, including Vito Gravano and uh, one of his buddies. Youngblood, we see there on the far right, is notified about this. And they're on the outside trying to break in. So crosses over with a few um, other things. And meanwhile, the admonisher, like I said, is like, Hey, you guys aren't going to take out my target, you know? Um, and one of the things I, I neglected to mention, cause it's kind of not that funny, but, uh, in the first issue, when Vito Gravano first meets admonisher and he's talking about going after Vindicator, he, and admonisher wants to go right after him and make a lot of noise and whatever. And Vito Gravano is like, hey, you know, take your time. You got to be careful. This guy's powerful. Be like Teddy Roosevelt, you know, walk softly and carry a big stick. And admonisher, he, he's kind of a meathead. So he has no idea who, who Roosevelt is. So 
as Vindicator is being attacked by all the rest of his brothers, and Admonisher comes up and says, hey, that's my, uh, that's my target. That's my hit. What are you guys doing? Um, and before I admonish you all, I just want to know which one to use Roosevelt. So it's not that funny when it really happens the, the first time because Admonisher doesn't know who Roosevelt is and whatever. But here it's funny, not, not because of necessarily what he says, but because of the reaction that Bart Sears draws for all the brothers. Like they're kind of looking at him like they don't know who the hell this crazy human is. And they look at each other and they're like, Roosevelt, what's this guy talking about? So it kind of lands in the moment. Again, some of this humor is pretty dated. So the, the battle is joined and one of them eventually um, is distracted by uh, Admonisher, which allows Vindicator to kind of get, get a, a little bit away and kind of hide out, at least for a little while, to try to um, kind of regain himself, gather his composure, while one of the other guys, uh, one of his brothers has his brain blown out and they're all scrambling around trying to trying to pick it up. So again, a little, little bit of humor. Um and as this is all happening with the Vindicator kind of off on his own, he has some time to kind of reflect and he's asking questions of the dead uh, head the, that's still attached to his arm. Because remember, he stuck his hand through the back of this guy's skull and now it's stuck on his arm. And he's asking questions, you know, like, why does everybody dislike me? Blah, blah, blah. And he's answering, but he's answering in like a, a fake voice pretending like this guy's actually talking to him. So again, it, it makes for a little bit of humor and it's also a way to get expositional from Alan Moore and for us to learn more about the violator and his, um, his uh, relationship with his brothers. So meanwhile, the other guys are fighting admonisher and for being a human, he's, he's, <laughs> he's holding his own against these four hell spawns. He's doing uh, pretty well. And meanwhile, Violator continues to have the conversation with this guy talking about um, his dad and how he was the oldest and um, how they all killed his dad. And, uh, you know, they were, everybody was always jealous of him. And so eventually one of them, one of the brothers is able to grab uh, admonisher and swallow him, but it's not long before uh, the guy's like, oh, I have a stomach ache and we see, uh, admonisher blasting his way out of the guy with a big uh, hole in the guts and he's all covered in blood and what have you. So again, for being uh, a human, admonisher is pretty uh, formidable against these guys. So Vindicator realizes that, uh, or uh, Violator rather, realizes that he wants to live and he beats the head off of his arm or tries to anyway. Um, just to kind of prove to himself who he is and, and why he's powerful. And he realizes all of a sudden he just has this realization. I'm having an idea. You know, there's a big light bulb over his head and you know, he realizes where he is in New York. And so uh, he runs outside, he runs into some guys in an alley, right? Is this uh pretty foreshadowing here? You have an idea where he's going right away. Yeah. And sure enough, where he's going is he's going to see spawn. He wants to get his powers back. So we'll see how that plays out in issue number three. Uh, again, this one's by Greg Capullo. As far as pencils go, everybody else is the same. Um, and Spawn's like, you know, why should I help you? 
you've done nothing but cause problems. What are you doing here? And there is a big pullout poster. I think it doesn't show particularly well uh, in the scan I have. Scan I have is not very good, uh, but it's like a four-part sort of pullout poster. Um, and what the violator says is, well, uh, you know, my brothers are here and I need to, to take care of them. And the mob also sick this admonisher on me. And I know that um, Vito Gravano is your enemy. So if you do me a favor uh, of giving me my power back, I'll take out these guys that are messing up your turf, right? You don't want my four brothers and this admonisher around. So just give me my, your powers, uh, give me my powers back and I will give you the power. Once I get my powers, I'll be able to give you your power back. Cause that's what Spawn says. Spawn's like, you think I'm going to drain any of my power levels to help you? Like, why would I do that? And I don't know why Spawn believes him, um, but that's what, I mean, I guess the violator's pretty, he's been around a long time. He's used to manipulating people and he does say, Hey, wake up and smell the brimstone. It's four dudes. You know, you got four dudes with my power level and I can take them out. How much of your power do you think you're going to use up trying to take them out? But you give me my power back or allow me to have access to my power. I'll repay you the energy you spent and then I'll go take out my four brothers. So, I mean, I, I, I get, I mean, Spawn obviously must believe him. And so he agrees to do it and he gives Violator his powers back. And first thing Violator does is uh, you know, like, he's like really excited. Oh, it worked. I got my powers back. I can feel it. I can turn back into my demonic form anytime I want. And Spawn's like, uh, Hey, didn't you forget something? And, um, Violator's like, oh yeah, here you go. And he walks over and kicks him off the side of the building. Again, you kind of got what you deserved, Al Simmons. I don't know why you believe the guy. Great that you wanted to believe. You should have got him to sign some kind of demonic contract. You, you should have done something, you know, to make it binding. I don't know what you could have done or you shouldn't have believed them. But even at the end of the day, if you had to use up some of your power, he does have a point. Uh, but maybe you try to find out more about the situation. Maybe his brothers would are going to leave anyway and go back to hell when once they kill him. But again, Al Simmons doesn't know that. He didn't bother to educate himself. But keep in mind, this is pretty early in his career. This happens after issue 24, like I said. So meanwhile, back at the mall, and Monisher is more than holding his own against these guys, which is pretty surprising. Uh, you know, one of them tried to eat him. That didn't work out. Um, and so the... Uh, the violator shows up, starts taking on his brothers, takes out one of them pretty handily, and he starts trying to apologize. You know, it's just like a typical little brother. Now that he's caught, now that he's busted, violator's not having any of it. He pretty much pounds him into like nothing, like he, just nothing. Like he picks him up, he squeezes it. There's nothing left of him but like a little tiny puddle. Uh, and he's like, say my name, say my name. I'm the violator. I'm the violator. And you can see it in the, uh, the panel there when he's just whapping away, um, on the guy's body, whap, 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 whap. And finally the guy's like, okay, uncle. So he, he finally took him out. So meanwhile, another one of the, um, people who were stuck under the dome, like I said, last time was Vito Gravano and, uh, one of his assistants and, They've run into the mall looking for shelter when the violator sees them. It's like, oh, this is perfect. This turned out to be my lucky day. Here's you know the people that sicked this admonisher on me in the first place, most likely. 
So they go chasing after Vito Gravano and this, uh, this other guy and they, they hide out, um, I can't uh, Alberto, that's his name. They hide out in this store, Gags or Us, and um, Gravano does manage to, to pull a fast one, actually, on the Violator. So maybe the Violator's not, you know, he tricks Bomb, maybe he's not as smart as he might necessarily think, because he puts his, they're about the same size, this Alberto and Vito Gravano, and he's like, oh, I, I remember why I keep you around. And so he kills him. Like, Vito Gravano kills this Alberto guy. And puts his sunglasses on him. And when the violator breaks in, he's like, my boss went crazy. He attacked me. I, I surrender. And the violator's like, all right, get get out of here. He, all he does is look at him. He's like, oh, he's fat. He's Italian. He's got sunglasses on. Yeah, this is him. Uh, and the violator's like, get out of here while I figure out what to do with your boss. Um, and Vito's like, oh, cool. I'm out of here. You know, we know it's him because you see the creepy smile on his face. So what, uh, well, I guess he didn't kill him actually now that I, now that I get to the page, but he didn't, he must've knocked him out. Vito Grono must've knocked this Alberto guy out. Cause what he does is he, he violator dresses him up to make him look like he's a spawn or uh, he's a clown and he goes walking out and there's only three of the brothers left, right? One of them has been pounded into a pulp or whatnot. Um, but when they see the, this guy come walking out, cause the guy that got pounded into a pulp, he's the only one that knows that Violator got his powers back. These other three have been fighting the Admonisher. So what they do is they grab him. They grab this Alberto thinking he's uh, Spawn or thinking he's a uh, Violator rather. And they open up a gateway to hell and they all head for the head for the hills as or they just want to get back home. Uh, but as they're doing that, the Admonisher um, tries to find them saying, leave them without me. I strongly admonish you to reconsider. Um, and they're like, why is this, you know, what the heck's wrong with this guy? Why is he uh, coming after us? Meanwhile, we see uh, Vito Gravano listening in happy that uh, he managed to escape because Alberto, you know, got taken to hell as it were. Um, and so at the last moment before the gates of hell close, the admonisher managed to jump through and only the violators left on earth. So uh, violators looking on thinking, Hey, they fell for it. They thought that uh, Vito Gravano was me. Well, don't, don't gloat so much violator because you thought that was Vito Gravano and it wasn't. So like double blind, I guess. Um, but violator does say, I, I knew they couldn't tell one human from another. Uh, even I have trouble sometimes, which, you know, that's a nod to the fact that he, he got fooled as well. So that, that's basically it. That's the story. So there's two important things here, right? Like I said, we learn the names of all the brothers and this is how violator gets his powers back. Uh, he tricked spawn into giving him his powers back. If he hadn't, he probably would have been out of Spawn's hair for a lot longer and wouldn't have been able to pull all the mischief that he eventually does pull with uh, by teaming up with Peter Gravano. So there's a couple of epilogues. We see uh, Youngblood talking about how there was a force bubble and um, there were some wounded people inside and they must have something crazy must have happened because everybody was talking about demons from hell. We also see Peter Gravano going back to his uh, offices and some of his other uh, people that work for him are saying, where's Alberto? <laughs> of course, he's not going to tell him. And then, of course, we see Spawn laying in the alley after having been kicked off the side of the building by uh, 
by the violator after he gave him his his powers back. And then uh, on the last page, what we see is um, violator with his powers back, roaring and happy to be home. And the worst part is, or the worst part for Spawn, the best part for the violator is that he tricked Spawn into giving him his powers back, didn't have to give up anything to get them. And now he's going to go after Spawn like he always wants to. So, so that's it. That's the story. Uh, not a lot to it. The first two issues with the Brad Sears art are pretty dynamic art, but very heavy line work. I mean, it's just typical Brad Sears art. So it's very impactful. It's very over the top. Uh, even the Capullo art isn't as kind of sharp as we'll eventually see Capullo's art get when he works on Spawn, but this is early in, you know, with him coming on. Plus, I think he probably was trying to emulate Bart Spears, uh, Bart Sears at least a little bit so that it looked better for, uh, in terms of a cohesive, you know, three issue arc. Wasn't really collecting uh, a lot of trades or whatnot back then. So I don't think he was worried about that, but the art is his art here. Capullo's art here does feel a little bit more like, um, like Bart Sears art than it will later on. I mean, it's, it's still more detailed than Sears gets and it's the colors even feel a little brighter on the third issue, but again, it might be the scan that I have. So, um, yeah, I mean, we basically learn, uh, that the mob is probably no longer going to mess with violator because they know he's got his powers back and we see Gravano, basically sacrificing one of his men to get the violator off of his back. So even though they know the violator killed a bunch of their guys, ripped out their hearts, whatever, with what Vito Gravano saw in that mall, he's, he's probably like, I'm going to leave well enough alone. Uh, But this is how the violator got his powers back. We do learn the names of his brothers. Other than that, mm, you know, it's just okay. It's not, I'm not the biggest fan of the character of the violator. This is Alan Moore, and he could have, I feel like, gone kind of Alan Moore and maybe made this a little more sophisticated um, because he certainly brought a lot to the issues of Spawn that he wrote. But for whatever reason, uh, he goes kind of over the top here. A lot of humor that, I mean, some of it lands. There were times where I kind of got a chuckle. but yeah, maybe it's just showing that when it comes to these Hellspawn, they're they're really not that intelligent. They're kind of um, they're kind of like young teenage boys in a lot of ways, you know, like 13, 14 year old boys with their potty humor and their bad jokes and giving each other a bad time like brothers tend to do. So, I mean, on that level, I guess it works if you think about it like that. But all in all, it's just okay. Um and I'm not recommending anybody run right out and uh, and buy these. Although, if the Violator shows up in the upcoming Spawn movie, who knows this uh, this book? I mean, they're not first appearances of them, but I wouldn't be surprised if the book got a little bit of a bump. So, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. We appreciate your support as always. Be sure you check out all the other content that we put out beyond the Spawn Daily. Tons of interviews coming this week and next week, as always. And we have our DC uh, Spotlight on Tuesday, as well as our uh, New Comic Wednesday episodes every week that give a rundown, spoiler-free, for all the uh, non-DC books that uh, come out each week. So, uh, as I said, we appreciate the support, as always, and we'll talk to you next time. 
You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.